blessing to be here. Oh, glory. You know, the title of this preach kind of takes off the um, pressure from you, you know, the preacher. <laughs> it's the, it takes off the pressure. You know why? Because you realize suddenly you're not the healer. <laughs> uh, Jesus is the healer. You are not. You are just a voice. And he will do what he needs to do in people's lives. So I, I'm just saying this because one thing I find with God, he does things whenever he wants to do it. If you're waiting for the ministration time, you could miss it. Even as the word is going on, you could just tap in and just reach out and receive your healing. Yes. He just does what he needs to do. And I just want to say to you, just kind of open yourself up and all through this, just engage with the Lord Jesus Christ, the healer. He is the healer. Hallelujah. I am just excited just to see what God is going to do in our midst. And I, I want you to just kind of like, thank you. God bless you, dear. That's what I'm talking about. Just, grab, just reach out to the Lord Jesus. He's the healer. Well, this is a continuation from the Gospel of Mark. And Ted has been doing such a great job taking us through the Gospel of Mark. Uh, written by John Mark. Peter's uh, disciple. Remember John Mark? That there was a time Paul actually didn't want to have anything to do with him because of how things went. Him and, um, uh, Paul, and Paul and Barnabas, they had a little uh, argument. They didn't want him. They, Paul just felt, was a little bit impatient with him. Just, you know. And Barnabas took him on and said, oh, don't worry, just give him to me. Barney had a big heart. I like to call him Barney. He has a big heart. <laughs> yeah. He always believed in, he believed in the people that people don't usually believe in. He was the one that brought him in and said, look, this Paul, if he went, remember when Paul gave his life, when nobody wanted to do any, have anything to do with Paul, it was Barney that brought him in and said, you know what, we can trust this guy. And he became such a giant. And we have, sometimes we have to be like that with people. We just have to kind of see their future, not their immediate, you know. So that's how John Mark grew and became very close to Peter and through Peter's through Peter's influence wrote the book of Mark, which became which is so tremendous. But I also want to say something about this book. It's one of the gospels. It's one of the gospels, you have other gospels. You have like Matthew, you have Luke and you have John. These are all accounts. And sometimes you you for you to get a whole picture you need to read all the accounts, especially if they are talking about something. You know, like when they talk about a woman, the woman with the issue of blood, if you read just Mark, you might miss out some details which are very important. You need to bring them all together and read them together. Then you start to see, oh, this, this guy didn't mention this, but this guy mentions this. It's, it's almost like watching an accident happen when there are witnesses to an accident. The person standing on the bridge that sees the accident from the bridge might miss some details. The person that was closer to the site will see certain things. People come with different accounts. So if you want to get a full story, you have to talk to all the witnesses. Then you get a fuller picture of the story. So it's not that the gospel is contradicting each other. No, it's just that they are different accounts. And you bring them together and so you get a beautiful picture of what really happened. So hallelujah. Let's read the book of Mark chapter 1 verse 29. If you have it, turn your scriptures to the book of Mark chapter 1 verse 29. 
I'm going to be reading from the, uh, um, the ESV account of uh, this scripture. Hallelujah. In this scripture it says, And immediately he left the synagogue, and that was Jesus. He left the synagogue, and he entered the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. You see, Jesus, they usually did what we are recommending for us to do, go from house to house breaking bread. So usually after they gathered, they just go to each other's house and break bread. So the Bible says he left. Now, Simon's mother-in-law lay ill with a fever, and immediately they told him about her. And he came and took her by the hand and lifted her up, and fever left her, and she began to serve them. And that evening at, sun, at sundown, they brought to him all who were sick or oppressed by demons. And the whole city, <laughs> talk to myself, the whole city was gathered together at the door. My goodness. And he healed many who were sick with various diseases and cast out many demons. And he would not permit the demons to speak because they knew him. What a beautiful story of healing, you know. The whole city gathered before his door. He didn't say, hey, hey, go away. Jesus, the healer, healed many that they were, were sick. And I want to say to you, I don't care what sickness you have. There is Jesus, the healer, and he, he, he will heal you. He can heal you. Hallelujah. Can we say amen? Amen. So just a few biblical facts here that we need to kind of understand. Um, the healing of Simon Peter's mother-in-law is Jesus' fifth documented miracle. It's his fifth documented miracle. And what's amazing about this, and if you look at the three accounts, you look at Matthew, you look at uh, Luke, and if you look at uh, Mark, her name is not even mentioned. You know, I said to the Lord, wow, why is her name such a, like, you think this is an important subject. One of them should at least mention Peter's mother-in-law's name. They just said Peter's mother-in-law. She has a name, I'm sure. <laughs> but her name is not mentioned. You know why? I think this is my opinion. I think my opinion is this, because the focus is on Jesus. Amen. Jesus should always be the focus for healing. Not the, not the person that brings it, but Jesus. Yes. Not the messenger, but Jesus. And that's why he is the healer, and he wants absolute glory. So, as you reach out today, as you receive from the Lord, keep your eyes on who? Jesus. Jesus. Can we say amen? Amen. I tried to do something. I tried to piece all the Gospels together. <laughs> like, I brought this piece. I said, oh, this isn't there. Let me bring it in here. You know, and I brought them together. I tempted to come up with something like this, you know. Um... But it's scripture, and you can see me put all the scripture, so you won't say, oh, Prince, you just added a few things. No, I didn't add it. This is all scripture. But I wanted to kind of get a true sequence from all the accounts, so we get a, a good read, you know? Yeah. The Bible says, and he arose and left the synagogue. Jesus arose from Luke, he left the synagogue. I'm sure they just kind of went outside. And immediately he left the synagogue, he entered the house of Peter. So that's, maybe they were, I don't know whether they were really planning to go to Peter's house, you know, but as he got up, he felt there was something. I, I, could, I, I sensed that he picked up that there was something going on in Peter's house that he needed to attend to. Hallelujah. So immediately he looked at Peter and said, let's go to your house. You know, and the Bible says, and if you read, if you read on, it says, and immediately he left the synagogue, he entered the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. And when Jesus entered Peter's house, 
He saw his mother-in-law. He saw his mother-in-law lying sick with a fever. He saw, the other account, Mark didn't mention that. They didn't mention that. It says he saw his mother-in-law lying sick with a fever. Now Simon's mother-in-law lay ill with a fever, and immediately they told him about her. They told him about her. So it's one thing to be ill, and Jesus sees and knows that there are people that are here that are ill. He sees you. Trust me, he sees. But it's also important to be able to tell Jesus about your illness. There's nothing wrong with that. If you're ever feeling sick, tell him. Tell him, Lord, my chest started hurting. Oh, my food is hurting. My, uh, Lord, I have been having such low pain. You know, sometimes we never tell Jesus. We tell the doctors, we tell our neighbors, we tell everybody, but we never really tell Jesus. The Bible says, they told him about her. Not only did they tell him about her, they appealed to him on her behalf. So you see, you could also appeal to, to Jesus on behalf of your loved one if they are sick. You could, you could intercede for them. You could stand and say, Lord, can you heal my son? Can you heal my daughter? Can you heal my father? They appealed to him about, uh, about her, about, uh, to him on her behalf. And he stood over her. He touched her hand. Oh, glory. When I saw this, he touched her hand. The other accounts, they didn't talk about him touching her hand. But see, he touched her hand, you know? you know. So there is room sometimes for laying on of hands. When God touches you, God could choose to lay hands on you or true people lay hands on you for your healing. So don't think it's a weird thing when people come and say, can I just pray for you and put their hand on you? You know, just, it's not weird. It's scriptural. And, he, and the Bible says he rebuked the fever. You know, some accounts you will not see that, you know. It says he rebuked the fever. So there is power in our voice when we are ministering to the sick. Because some of us here, we get to pray for people that are sick, okay? Uh, okay? So you can rebuke the sickness. You can say, fever, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. That is scripture. Your words have power. As a child of God, every one of us here, your words are very powerful. He rebuked the fever, and he came and took her by the hand and lifted her up, and the fever left her. Did you, did you notice he took her by the hand and lifted her up? Sometimes as we pray for the sick, or as you pray for them, ask them to do something they couldn't do before. It's a way of helping them release their faith. You know, sometimes even as we are going to be praying for you or ministering to you today, Try to do something you couldn't do. You know, if before you couldn't bend, try bending. If before here, you know, you felt here was stiff, you know, do something or just find something to release your faith. Hallelujah. And I'm going to talk about that a little bit, you know. And he says, He came and took her by the hand and lifted her up, and the fever left her, and she began to serve him. She began. You know, she didn't say, Oh, after such an illness, I'm going to take a break, you know. I, I'm just going to just. Thank you, Jesus, but look, I'm in no condition to do anything now. Peter, can you help, can you help get some meal ready for your master, Jesus? No. The Bible says she immediately began to serve them. Again, a way of releasing her faith. Again, again a, a way of cementing what Jesus had done in her life. And the Bible says that evening they brought to him many who were oppressed by demons. He cast out the spirits with a word and healed all who were sick. This was to fulfill that which was spoken by prophet Isaiah. He took our illness and bore our diseases. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. 
You know, when I was praying, the Lord said, tell them three things. Three things. One, I am their healer. I am their healer. Just tell them that. It felt so simple, this message. <laughs> but sometimes God is not complicated. We complicate the things of God. The Lord says, I am your healer. Yeah, he is. And the Bible says in, in the book of Exodus 15, verse 26, it says, saying, if you will diligently listen to the voice of your God and do that which is right in his sight, all right, in his eyes, and give ear to his commandments and keep all his statutes, I will put none of the diseases on you that I put on Egyptians, for I am the Lord your healer. Say, the Lord is my healer. I can just assure you that Jesus is here healing people right now. As we are talking, healing is going to be happening. Can we say amen? Amen. And if you look at that another scripture, again, from Mark chapter 1, verse 34, the Bible says, He healed many who were ill with various diseases and cast out many demons. He was not permitting the demons to speak because they knew who he was. Again, look at that. He healed many who were ill with various diseases. It doesn't matter what type of disease. The Bible says various diseases. It doesn't, even if it's a terminal one, the Bible says what? He healed many who were ill with various diseases and cast out many demons. Sometimes some diseases have a link to demonic activity. You know, so by getting rid of the demon, you actually get rid of the disease. Hallelujah. In Matthew chapter 4, verse 24, verse, uh, uh, chapter 4, verse 24 to 26, it says, So his fame spread throughout all Syria, and they brought him all the sick, those afflicted with various diseases and pains, those oppressed by demons, those having seizures paralytics, and he what? Heal them. Jesus is what? Our healer. Amen. Now, he, the Bible says he's the living will of God. Uh, that, uh, uh, Jesus is the living word of God. And Jesus is the will of God in action. If Jesus did something in, in the Bible, it's a sign that that is something that God wants to do in your life. Can we say amen? Amen. Another thing the Lord wanted me to mention to you today is that I am willing to heal you. So it's one thing for you to know Jesus is a healer, but sometimes we ask, is he willing to heal me? He's a healer, but does he care about me? Would he heal me? Is he interested in what I'm going through? Like for many years, I've been very ill. I've been struggling with this. Does he truly, truly care? And I just had that strong sense in my spirit today, as I, today and as I prepare for this, that he kept speaking to me in the morning. It's like I get up in the morning, I just hear the voice, voice, just speak to my soul. It says, I am willing to heal. I am willing. I am willing. I am willing. Amen. Hallelujah. I am willing to heal my people. I'm willing to heal. Think of a father that is willing to do stuff for a child. I am just willing. When a father is willing to do stuff for a child, trust me, he will break all rules. He will do anything he needs to do to get that thing done for that child. And, and, and I sense God is willing to heal his people. And if you look at the Bible, the Bible is so nice. If you turn to the book of Luke chapter 15, verse 12 to 13, I just want to read from the Passion Translation because it brings it out so nicely. It says, 
One day while Jesus was ministering in a certain city, he came upon a man covered with leprous sores. And when the man recognized Jesus, he fell on his face at Jesus' feet and begged to be healed, saying, if you are only willing, says, look, if you are only willing, you could completely heal me. And Jesus reached out and touched him and said, of course, I am willing to heal you. And now you will be healed instantly. The leprous sores were healed and his skin became what? Smooth. The question was about the willingness of Jesus to heal. And he said, look, I am willing to heal you. I am willing. And now I'm going to heal you. <laughs> and the Bible says instantly that happened. So never question the willingness of Jesus to heal you. Never. Because that's one way the devil starts to stop you from receiving your healing. So sometimes you're doing all the things, saying all the right things, but you don't even believe that Jesus is willing to heal you. Right there, that's the block. It stops your healing from coming through. Look, he is willing to heal you. That's what I'm here to say. That Jesus is what? Willing to heal you. And if you think of the leprous man, you think of these times of COVID. And back, day, back then, those that had leprosy, you couldn't even touch them. You know, They had to stay away from you. <laughs> and in those days, they, I think they, they made a sound when they were coming. Just to show that they were leprous. And so that people could distance themselves from them. But Jesus went to him and said, you know what? Look, I'm going to break the rules for you because I want to heal you. Amen. He broke the rules, he touched that man, and he got that man healed. Hallelujah. Glory to God. In Exodus 15, verse 26, he said, it says, When he had entered Capernaum, a centurion came forward to him, appealing to him, Lord, my servant is lying paralyzed at home and suffering terribly. And he said to him, I will come. I will come. Hallelujah. I just love the willingness of Jesus. He said, I will come and heal him. Look, I'm going to go all the way to your house and come heal that guy. You know, he was ready. And this was not even an Israelite. This was not even somebody that was part of the covenant, you know, God's covenant people. But he said, you know what? I will come. And those days, the Jews, they had their rules about entering the house, the house that belonged to Romans and Gentiles. But he said, you know what? I will come. I will come. That is how willing Jesus is. Look, I want you to get this, that he is willing to heal you. Because if you understand this, then that starts to happen. Something starts to happen inside of your spirit, man. He says, I will come and heal him. But the centurion, Lord, you know, I'm not worthy to have you come under my roof, but only just say the word and my servant will be healed. Hallelujah. Glory Amen. to God. And if you follow that, that scripture, Jesus says, wow, I've never seen such a faith. Not even in the house, not even in Israel. Like, this is amazing faith in action. By the centurion saying that, that was a way of centurion releasing his faith. Or his way of, his, his, that was a way for him to release his faith. Say, look, you don't need to come. Just say the word. I'm a man. I'm a man, I have like uh, people under me, I just say to this one, go, and that one goes. I say to this one, come, and he comes. Just say the word, and my servant will be healed. What faith. Hmm. Hallelujah. And the last thing I just wanted to kind of point out, 
I told you, just a simple, simple, but I just sense God wants to do something here. Hallelujah. He just wants to heal people. He wants to do something. I sense God is doing stuff here. Right now as we are talking. In fact, there is somebody here, you've been struggling with unforgiveness. If the Lord spoke to me about you yesterday. You've been struggling with unforgiveness. I think specifically it has to do with your father. Something happened between both of you. And it's affected your relationship so badly. But the Lord says that, what has happened has actually been one of the things that has kept you from receiving your healing that you've been praying for for so many years. And God wants to completely deliver you. We're going to talk about it. I want you to come up. Just feel free. We're going to minister after that. Just, you can approach any of the elders and we'll pray for you. And break that in. So you can release your father and, be, and receive your healing in the name of Jesus. Talking about the last thing. The Lord said to say to you is to believe that you have what received. So the first thing He said is what? I am your healer. Number two, He says what? I am willing to heal you. Number three, He says what? Believe that you what receive. Believe that you have what received. So when we pray for you today, I just want you to reach out and believe that you have what received. Even some of you, as you're sitting down, the Spirit of God is ministering to you now. All you need to do is just believe that you have what received. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory to God. The Bible says there was a woman who had the discharge of blood. How many of you know of this woman that had the discharge of blood? Okay, I'm going to talk about her in a minute. <laughs> very, very important because she is she typifies this, you know. Therefore, I tell you, in Mark chapter 11, verse 24, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received it, and it will be what yours. Simple. Uh, Jessica, if Daddy says you're going to get 200 bucks this week, I'm going to give you 200 bucks this week. Would you doubt Daddy? You just believe you, yeah. You just believe she will believe she's received. Hallelujah. She will. She will not go. Um, no. She knows it's coming. Two hundred bucks. It's coming. She believes it immediately. Hallelujah. She doesn't say, um, "Daddy, um, are you sure?" Like, "Oh, no, you never give me two hundred bucks. No way." But in a sense, that's what we do to God when God says. And I've done this for you, and God gives you his word. Some of us still argue with the Lord and say, Lord, are you sure? I've had this thing for so long. Are you really? God, you can't, you can't deceive me. <laughs> now, if you can believe your earthly father can give you this kind of great gifts or good gifts, how much more your heavenly father that made your earthly father? I, I was just using that just to show you how simple this thing is. So when this word comes, when you receive the word of God, just believe that you receive. You know? Sometimes people pray for me, okay? I just say, are you, are you okay? I say, yes, I receive it in Jesus' name. Amen! Even though physically I don't feel like. But I just reach out my faith and I took it. Then I start to walk in the light of what I've received. And I just keep it, keep it. I, you know, there are sometimes I'm walking, I just feel like something happened in here. I feel like a sharp pain in here. Ooh, what's that? What's that? What's that? It's just so painful. You know, there are two things you could do. You could say, oh, this pain. It's in the family, actually. You know? <laughs> it's a natural thing. 
and we do it. I'm saving, I'm speaking to myself, like I'm talking to myself. We just hold on to it and we just kind of cuddle it in and we start to meditate on it. We start talking about it. And every time somebody talks to you, tell them about the sickness. You know, you don't even ever have anything to talk about except that sickness. That becomes your identity. It takes over your life. Even if you're going through that, why don't you, wouldn't it be, wouldn't it be better for you to stand in a place where you believe that you receive than to just give up and say, you know what, this is my Lord. I'd rather stay believing that I receive for something for 10 years than to give up on my healing. Amen. Can, can we say amen? amen? Because by positioning yourself there, you position yourself in a place where God can reach you. But there's a place you put yourself, God can never reach you, even if he wanted to reach you. So easy. Jessica can position herself in a place where she can never receive from daddy by completely leaving the house, not believing what I'm saying, not wanting to have anything to do with me. No matter how much I love her, I can't reach out to her. Or she could say, you know what, I choose to trust my dad and just be in that place where my dad can be a blessing to me. Am I speaking to somebody here? Is there somebody that's rebelling against their parents here? The Lord is speaking to you. Hallelujah. Oh, glory to God. The Bible talks, so if you talk about how to believe, there are two basic ways or things you could do to start to help yourself to be in that place where you believe you receive. One of them is <clears throat> what you say in your heart. Not what you say to people. What you say, you know, anybody could say, Oh, they go, oh, brother Prince, how are you? Oh, glory to the Lord, it's I'm really good. The Lord is doing it, the Lord is doing it. You know, that is what you're saying to people. <laughs> I call that mental accent that you, you don't even believe in the word of God, you're trying to sound right, talk right, appear spiritual, and everybody says, Oh, what great faith this but in your heart is like, The Lord does not care, the Lord doesn't do anything, the Lord never does anything, we never do anything. You know, that's what's going on in your heart. Is what you say in your heart. Always check yourself when they pray for you. What goes on in your heart? Mm -hmm. Not what you're saying physically to people. What is going on in your heart? The Bible says she said in her heart. She said in her heart. She said in her heart. If only, if I only touch the garment, I will be made well. It wasn't what she was telling people. It was what she was saying in her heart is what she was saying you know as she was saying and if you read the other accounts she was there was a crowd of people around jesus she kept pressing through and she was saying it in her heart she didn't let the crowd stop but she would push uh, she pushed through and she was if i could just just if i can just touch the garments just all i need to do is i don't need him to pray just let me just touch him i'll be good oh glory to god so what you say in your heart is super important Watch you say. Always watch what is going on in your heart when you're believing God for healing. Or not just healing, for anything. What is going on in your heart? <laughs> what you do, what you do, is it corresponding to what you're talking? You know, because sometimes we talk, but it's not corresponding. What you do. And the Bible says, And behold, a woman who has suffered from a discharge of blood for 12 years came up behind him, and touched the fringe of his garment. So she was saying it, but she didn't just stop saying it, she did it. <laughs> she touched him. And immediately she touched him, what did Jesus do? The Bible says he stood still. Hey, there were so many people all around him trying to touch him. But as he, she touched him, 
She said, hey, 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 like, hey, hey, guys, who talks to me? Who, who, where are you? Who touched me? Somebody touched me here. Yeah, I can just see Jesus. Where is the bathroom? And this woman is wondering, oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. As, and if you know the, if you know Judaism, or, you know, when you have blood, am I correct? And you can check it. When you have an issue of blood, you're not mental, you're unclean. Technically, you shouldn't be touching people. Yes. And this woman was like, oh my, I'm in trouble. I'm in trouble. But finally, she's, she came out. I'm, I'm the one that touched you. And Jesus looked at her and said, Bless you, my daughter. Go in peace. Your faith has made you whole. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Hallelujah. Amen. That almost brings tears to my eyes, you know. Yes. God is just awesome. He is awesome. God is awesome. God is awesome. Yeah. He is awesome. God wants to heal us. Let's rise up on our feet. Oh, glory to God. Who says he's, he's not the healer? We all know that he's the healer. We know that Jesus is the healer. He's a great healer. But he's not just a healer. He's also willing to heal us. He is willing to heal us. He is willing. People, Jesus is willing to heal you of that sickness right now. That pain that is in your neck. Mm -hmm. That constant sharp pain. He is willing to heal you of that pain in your neck. Mm -hmm. That pain that is in your groin here, just here, about here, he is willing to heal. Constantly you feel that pain. You've been wondering what is going on. You know? What's going on? Yeah. And, and I sense you're even afraid to even ask the doctors because you feel that maybe if you go to the doctors, they're going to tell you there is something bad. But Jesus is willing to heal you. Now, Jesus does not negate the doctors. Jesus actually blesses the doctors with knowledge so that they can heal you. But what I'm talking about is it's not just about the physical healings that doctors bring, but Jesus wants to heal you. He wants to heal you. He wants to heal you. Zach, can you just uh, come lead us in a bit of worship with them? Then let's just kind of let the, the power of God, just uh, release the power of God and just let Jesus heal his people. Oh, glory to God. As that, as that leads us in worship, I want you to engage. Now, if you're having any pain in your body, tell Jesus about it. Like I told you, I'm, this is such a release for me. I'm not a healer. I'm just here to tell you the word. But you are going to engage with the healer. Tell Jesus about it. Tell him the pain you feel, you know, the pain you feel. Glory to God. Let's do it, bro. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Lord. And I believe you're my healer. Great, great, great. Hallelujah. I believe. You are
Yeah.